Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. out of me tonight i have nothing left to give this team or any of you welcome into the phnx d-backs podcast it's sad boy hours and we hope you're here to be angry with us my name is derek montilla occasionally known as the mayor of the city of phoenix this man next to me uh, he's normally mr electric but look at him look at look at what you've done to sean you broke sean this is sean depause about to take my ass back to vegas yeah he's not happy he's he, well, he was having a better time there and of course that man over there uh, he is the one that's going to talk us down off the ledge and make us put away the pitchforks. Uh, he is the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Boys, we saw, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Jesse was putting it the best way. We were watching the ninth inning, and Jesse just started to say, we should expect the worst and hope for the best. And we should have expected the worst because uh, the Diamondbacks, with a lead, once again, had their bullpen unable to hold uh, a lead, unable to keep a game scoreless without letting a run score their 17th game in a row where the bullpen has allowed one earned run or more and the diamondbacks drop a game that was uh, fairly diamondbacks-esque this year and unfortunately the losses are becoming entirely too common as they drop their fifth game in a row now obviously we had the answer backs thing where you know of course we had some good things happening for this team despite the fact that things look shaky early on ryan nelson was not great obviously uh but the diamondbacks were able to find a way to to get a lead and and to hold a lead up until that ninth inning uh but of course as you guys all saw (laughs) things weren't good ryan nelson though of course was not very good uh at home at chase field once again he has not been good at home all season and i don't understand this jesse i don't understand uh how splits can be so significant for for a pitcher like this yeah they are they continue to be very significant uh he gave up five runs over six innings today and uh his era at home went down because it was 8.08 coming into this game (laughs) now it's down to 8.01 but you're right this game very much was kind of a microcosm of the diamondback season Right. The opposing team gets up early. D-backs come back. Opposing team gets up a little bit more. (laughs) D-backs come back. Big hit from Evan Longoria. He appeared to be the hero of this game at at one point, not that long ago with with his big two run double. But then at the end, you know, when push comes to shove and the D-backs need outs in the ninth inning, they're just not able to get those outs. And today it was Andrew Chafin's turn. And uh, Andrew Chafin did what he's done in the past and what a number of other Diamondbacks relievers have done in the past in these situations, which is just really struggle to get those last three outs of the game. 
And uh, it wasn't just, you know, a, a one run defeat. I mean, the Diamondbacks give up as many runs in the ninth inning as they'd given up the entire game up to that point. So uh, today was obviously a disaster in, in the ninth inning for this team. And uh, they made some noise in, in the bottom of the ninth against Jordan Hicks. But when you're down four runs, that's obviously a, a pretty tough spot to be in. Christian Walker hit a home run, and I was glad he did because in his previous two at-bats, he very much looked like just defeated already, right? Yeah. And I mean, that is it, it was an odd feeling at the ballpark today. It was an odd feeling to not see. Like, we, I was joking with Jesse, but you know, like the guys weren't on the field very much. Like we didn't see them very much <laughs> prior to the game. Uh, and, and I don't know. I mean, I feel like the confidence level has kind of sunk here a little bit. I feel like uh, the the team, you know, we, we talked a lot about the mindset. We talked about coming in to this series or any series and knowing you can win it, not hoping you don't lose it. And I feel like they're drifting uh, into that confidence level. We saw them, though, put up a good fight today, at least offensively. They did what they've been able to do this year, like what we saw in that ridiculous slugfest with the Braves, which was have an answer, the answer bags, right? Yeah. But this situation with the ninth inning and the bullpen is is becoming just an absolute like nightmare for Tori Lavolo. It feels like it doesn't matter who he puts in there. It feels like they're going to blow the game. The boys. That's the first word Sean has said this entire show. I'm fucking miserable. <laughs> I know you are. This shit we, are five, we are this five and a half sucks. minutes in. This we are five and a half minutes in, and that's the first no, thing no, no, Sean no. I said. So... I said something at the very beginning. I yeah. said I was going to take my ass back to Vegas. This shit yeah, sucks. True. Yeah. Like, sucks. I mean, there's like, at the first half of the season was a lot of fun, and there's a lot of hope. But even when they're winning games now, it just feels like it's like, ah. Uh, they were like, it was like a lesser of two evils type of thing. Like they were not the better team. They were just less sucky than the other one. Yeah, that's um, true. And like, I know a lot of people want to blame Tori, but like at the end of the day, there's a lot of guys just not doing their jobs like as baseball players. Um, well, and you said it, it feels like ever since the Mets series, that yeah, this has been yeah, a completely yeah. different team. And, yeah. and it has seemed like that. Yeah. And obviously there's like a couple of things like obviously Merrill being hurt and now Gabby and, and, uh, Zach Davies, I guess. Um, like, eh, like, eh, there's certain, there's a couple of things going wrong. But like I said, at the end of the day, there's just a lot of guys not really doing their jobs, and it makes for really unbearable baseball at times. Because it's not like they just suck, right? Like, it's not just like they're a bad team; they're a good team that's not performing, and it's very frustrating to watch because you know they can, and sometimes they do, and they give you hope. Um, like the two RBI double from from Longo, for example. And then someone else comes along to absolutely ruin it. Just can't have nice things. Can't have. No, I, nice I feel thing. like we're talking overall the, the 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 bigger arc here, right? Like of of you know the frustrating five game losing streak and and beyond that. But this particular game, uh, I think rightfully so. We have heard a lot of people on Twitter. We've seen a lot of the comments in the chat about why Andrew Chafin. Now we were discussing who they were going to bring out. We were throwing yeah, out. Yeah, we threw names. a poll out there. We actually. threw a poll out there. These, This was the results of the poll. And honestly, uh, Andrew Chafin wasn't your selection. It wasn't. Do we do we have the results of the poll? Yeah, let's throw that up there. I want to see this. This is uh, Kevin Ginkle was your choice. And I'm pretty by, sure. By a far, by a pretty wide margin. But unanimous uh, decision in the office as well, too. Yes. We all agree that. Right. And. And the biggest thing here that many people have pointed out was the number of righties that 
Chafin was due to face in the inning should he, you know, should should he be the one that Tory went to? Yeah, I mean, it was DeYoung, Motter, and Kinzer, I guess, which turned into, into Contreras there, all right-handed hitters. So it didn't necessarily make a ton of sense to go to the left-handed Andrew Chafin. But yeah, we put out this poll a few minutes before the ninth inning started just to see who you all wanted to see in the ninth inning, try to try to close this one out. And it kind of feels like they were all wrong answers in a sense, right? Like there, there is this real element of you can try to blame Tori Lovello for this in some sense, but Kevin Ginkle came in the game with the bases loaded and he gave up a base clearing double. Like that was sort of the, the final blow to the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks in this game. Obviously a really tough spot for him, right? Coming yeah. in with the bases loaded. That's not a soft landing. Maybe it's a better outcome if he comes into a clean inning. But the reality is the Diamondbacks don't have any pitchers on this roster who are really built for those situations. Yeah. And so Tori Lovello is just out there, you know, trying to ride the hot hand, I guess, or find find the best matchups or whatever. When in reality, there, there just isn't a great matchup mo- most of the time, it, it seems like. And uh, especially in this ninth inning. I mean, some of these relievers have had success in the seventh inning, in the eighth inning. But in this ninth inning... Pretty much universally, Castro, Chafin, McGuff, all of these guys have really struggled when it's mattered the most. So calling calling out who is to blame here. Uh, You have Torrey or you have the front office. Obviously, Tori. Or you have the players, the players themselves, yeah, that's, which I feel like we have to at least mention. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I was <laughs> Let's do it. Let's mention that. I mean, because that seems to be the two choices that people is it is it is it Tori's fault or is it not Tori's fault because he's not being given the bullets right in, yeah. in the gun. But yeah, when do you start saying like, why can't any of you do your goddamn job? Yeah, I mean, like, cause seventeen games in a fucking row with giving up one earned run or more. Seventeen. A lot of those. Normal it's been more baseball than games. Run. Normal baseball teams do not have this problem. They do not have a bullpen that's so unreliable that for those fucking two or three innings we ask you to pitch, you can't keep the game scoreless. Not one time in seventeen straight games. Do yeah. your job! Like, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, everyone's calling for tort like, like uh, GWS. I don't know if that's, but like they said in the chat, uh, Chafin re- walked in a run, or, or John said it. Chafin walked in a run. Like it you're an MLB pitcher, you can't be walking in runs with bases yeah, loaded. With the bases fair, loaded, like give him, give him, give him something to fuck. Go challenge him. Give him. Don't walk him in. Don't yeah. walk him in. No, right? and so like. Sure. Like at this point, it seems like Tori's only way to win, at least amongst the fans, is doing whatever the fans say. Because if you, you, if you, if you leave Scott McGuffin there and that goes terribly wrong, well, then you're an idiot for leaving Scott McGuffin. If you right. put in Ginkle, I mean, the fans would still probably blame Tori for some reason, even though that's what they seem to have wanted if he had blown it. Obviously, Chaven was the wrong call. Castro, everyone would have gotten upset about. So it's like, yeah. When do we start calling point, players bums? Yeah. And it's because like, not the, blaming the, Tory, the, the reality right? is like, that, like, they've all performed well at parts of the year so it's not like Hazen is a complete it's not like he picked me to fit, be to pitch out of the bullpen and like, your Chafin came into this game with a sub three ERA yeah that's why, that's yeah, why I that, joke yeah. when Hicks came out like legitimate, Chafin's better than Hicks legitimate thing I said was like we would shade for Chafin right yeah. now based on his ERA like we, <laughs> would, we fans would, would absolutely be viewing Chafin <laughs> as like this god trade target, this from, target another, yeah. from another organization and and honestly Chafin just has not been very good lately when you start to look at Chafin over his last seven games over his last 10 games his era 
skyrockets compared to that season ERA. He was very good early on, as many of these guys were, but we know about Miguel Castro and, and Chafin both being overutilized by Tori Lovolo early on when he leaned on them a bunch. And, I mean, Chafin's a, a new dad, and you just never know how that's going to impact people sometimes right there's just not sleeping he this is a man that understands it and definitely empathizes with his position he's been on the road for the last three days he's been getting sleep meanwhile having a kid made scott mcguff a superhuman for a small period of time (laughs) so you just never know how these guys are going to react to being a new dad or whatever but i mean really at the end of the day you can't say that tori lavello hasn't tried however i am with you when you take a look at the lineup the righties that that chafin faced the guys he walked the guys that got on base and maybe think that maybe going with someone else was was yeah. a better option. Maybe going with Kevin Ginkle would have been a better option. Like Ginkle did get put in with a, in a bad spot in that situation, and you can't just immediately say, "Well, see, he would have blown it too." Like you have no idea how yeah. that would have gone had he started the inning with a clean inning. Ginkle with the bases empty against the bottom three hitters in the Cardinals lineup, all being right, like not their best hitters. Yeah, like on paper, that's a favorable matchup, but. But yeah, who knows? I mean, I think we are also kidding ourselves if if we say that, you know, Ginkle clearly would have saved this yeah, game. Yeah, unscathed at the same yeah. time. And I mean, I feel like we we need to mention that we were just like a couple innings removed from praising Tory for a managerial decision in 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 going to Longo and leaving Longo in there after they not double switching or whatever. So like Yeah. Like I mean, this is a, especially like it, People sit here all the time and criticize the bullpen for not being trustworthy, and then they're gonna like he's got to put somebody out there, sure. and no one's consistent. So, like, uh, granted, again, everyone here was sitting, and not every, I mean, like everyone on Twitter and stuff was sitting here saying it should have been Ginkle, but like Jesse just said, there's it, we're gonna sit here and pretend that Ginkle is like prime Mariana Rivera, and it was just a guarantee <laughs> if he got out here that it was gonna like yeah. no, yeah. and like you can criticize Tori for maybe leaving in Chafin a little too long, but like. That's why I think where the criticism has to end as far as this particular game is concerned. I mean, I just I think the criticism ultimately has to follow fall on, you know, the players mm-hmm. a bit at some point. Like, yeah, Tori has utilized all these guys like now every guy in the bullpen has that like memory fans are going to have from the season of them blowing games. So like everybody's oh, yeah. going to have their Scott McGuff, Miguel Castro, Andrew Chapin that they're like, no, no, I don't want to see that guy in there. Right. Well, you're right, because none of these guys have been as effective as as it would be if you had a reliable closer and, and and like a setup man. I'm starting to think Scott McGuff is looking pretty good for that setup role, and I'm hoping that maybe Tori Lavallo changes his position on this if the Diamondbacks are able to miraculously get a, a solid bullpen arm during the before the trade deadline. But uh, we have we have some candidates for the Arizona Diamondbacks to target in regards to that. We do have to give out our King Snake though, and even for a game like this, we do not. Uh, I mean, eh, I mean, this was a this was this was not on the offense for sure. So, our king snake for this game, of course. I don't know. So it's a it's a it's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun surprise to me too. Uh, Evan Longoria, he did put the team ahead, gave the Arizona Diamondbacks a great opportunity. Honestly, made Toy Lavella look pretty smart in that moment when he pinch hit Evan Longoria and he gets the big hit, uh, drives in the RBI and, and gives the Diamondbacks the lead there. Uh, momentarily until of course we know what happened later but uh, shout out to Evan Longoria for still uh, being a guy that that can be relied on looking at you bullpen looking at the rest of your bullpen but uh, you can rely on bet MGM by the way 
If you haven't downloaded the app yet, you should do so. They have Nerfy Fridays, no run, first inning Fridays. Uh, it's a fun promotion that you can get on the BetMGM Sports app. You do have to be an active user. How to get in on this uh, offer is very easy. Just opt into the promotion first on the app. Place a no-run first-inning bet on any Major League Baseball game on a Friday. You do that by betting no on their on the will-there-be-a-run-in-the-first-inning market. And if your bet loses but only one run is scored during the first inning, you will receive a bonus bet equaling your stake up to $25. So remember that is available only on Friday. And of course, if you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use your bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Well, we thank you guys for being here in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Big shout out to Tony in the in the chat. He sent the super chat. He said Derek is right. Of course, I'm going to give you a shout out anytime <laughs> you say Derek is right. Uh, he said Lavello. You don't even have to super chat. Yeah, that one. yeah Derek, totally. Derek I'll, I'll star it. I'll say that. it. I'll put it up at the top of the chat for you. Uh, he said Lavello is an easy target at this point, but these guys have to do their job, and that's that's it. That's really it. I mean, that's what Tori is looking for. That's what any baseball manager is looking for. Is do your job, do your job and, and let me allow me to rely on you when I need you. So, uh, but again, we thank you guys for being here in the PHNX sports YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed yet, do so now sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live. Uh, also, if you're listening on the audio podcasting side, please subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that feedback uh, and make sure you leave us a thumbs up in the chat. We need that. We need that emotional support on a night like this. We also need you guys as our diehard members. If you are not already a PHNX diehard member, make sure to join us today. Not only will you get wonderful benefits such as a membership of, or a, a ranch card from Dobson Ranch Golf Course, get you all sorts of wonderful things, including just free range balls, which is one of my favorite things to do out of a golf course. You also get a free 50 or $50 gift certificate, certificate from Mountain Mike's. Uh, you get all sorts of uh, wonderful benefits from PHNX as well, including Free piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. Get 20% off all future purchases. You get access to Jesse's newsletter, Full Count, and all the newsletters for all of our writers here. You also get our uh, Discord Lounge access as well, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. Discounts on our events, discounts with our partners, special uh, membership, member-only uh, merchandise, and more. Uh, and you get, again, discounts to events like our upcoming PHNX Takeover event, which, by the way, we only have four tickets left to and is coming up tomorrow we saw some questions about it in the chat uh we we are uh we are doing the rare abandonment of mailbag monday but we will not leave you without a mailbag episode this week so we will be back tomorrow with a mailbag tuesday episode uh but is that legal <laughs> can you do that i, I checked the by uh the bylines i was with mega ran when i made this decision and he okayed it so okay. i mean All as right. long as he allows it then we can use the song That's on tuesday fair. and everything works out <laughs> Uh, but make sure to join us tomorrow for that takeover event. We're going to break this losing streak together as a family. We're all going to be in the outfield. 
Uh, I shouldn't have said that out loud because we know that's not going to happen now. I don't know what camera I'm looking at anymore, Jacob. You have so many cameras in here. We're not used to this. We go you and can't pee. see it on the we screen. We look at one you know. camera the whole time. Uh, anyway. Uh, but yeah, if you have not gotten a ticket to the takeover event, join us now, join, go get it now. Uh, and if you're a diehard member, you will get a discount on that as well. So, uh, make sure to do that. Like I said, though, Diamondbacks losing streak reaches five games. Unfortunately, they did get swept this weekend by the Cincinnati Reds. And that wasn't great. Uh, I don't know if they really look like Marte. What's up? It says, as John says, at least we have Marte. At least we have Marte. Um, and Ellie De La Cruz is uh public enemy number one for damon who i think is here in the chat so i i if, if you want to know why damon isn't behind the mac and we have Fodge, aka jacob behind the mac it might have something to do with him trying to take out ellie daily mm. but uh brandon fought was not terrible jesse in his start against the reds he wasn't yeah six innings three runs uh and, and even that i mean i don't know if that really tells the whole story the Reds had the bases loaded with nobody out against him in the first inning. He's able to work out of that inning. I think it was back-to-back -back strikeouts, then a ground out. Didn't allow a run in the first. Retired 15 consecutive batters uh, through the next several innings of, of that game. And then the sixth inning came around. I believe he got the first out. And then he allowed a home run. Then he allowed another home run. <laughs> and he allowed another home run. Um, and he was able to, to finish off the inning, six innings, three runs. Altogether, a really good start for him. Probably the best start that he's had in his short major league career Very at this point. No walks in the game, six strikeouts. Got some swing and miss with both uh, the sweeper and the changeup. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the home run continues to be a bit of an issue for Brandon Fott. Three homers in six innings. That That's dangerous territory to be in. Obviously, the ball does fly a little bit uh, out there in Cincinnati, but yeah, it, it was a good start. I think it was an encouraging game all the way around for Brandon Fott, <laughs> even though the Diamondbacks unfortunately weren't able to come up with the win. Damon's in the midst of a covert operation, says nothing else can be said. <laughs> uh, that particular game, he, you know, he, he, the Diamondbacks didn't really give him much support there as far as run support. Um, he gave him a chance to win. And it's very encouraging as far as his progression goes. But, yeah, the, the Diamondbacks just kind of got walked over a bit there by the Reds. And, I mean, there's something to be said about the energy of that team. It felt like like they stole our mojo. And I'm not saying in this series, but to watch them, it was very much what we were experiencing in, in April and May. And it feels like the Diamondbacks just don't have that level of electricity if you will mr electricity mm, right yeah. now uh and i don't know how they can get it back no I, I, that's what i was saying earlier in the show it just it doesn't feel the same like even when they win it doesn't it's not it's just it's not as fun as it was at the beginning of the year i don't really know what the answer is i mean i think the only the only real possible answer is is an injection of life at the deadline like i yeah they clearly i mean say it every show they need help we need like a jd <laughs> martinez help. level yeah of, and they, of I, they need one or two guys that tory can be confident in going to out of the bullpen and, and obviously another arm and another bat like there's so if they can it that's why i'm like i'm not pan completely panicking yet because like i know this is not necessarily the plan but like <laughs> they 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 need they 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 are going to address some things presumably um presumably presumably i mean if they keep losing maybe not but um if they if they can address some things at the deadline then it'll be fine and hopefully that kind of brings that electricity back they have an, a little bit of an injection of life again um but outside of that then it's just I, I, like it's something they're just gonna have to figure out like i don't know that it's a there's really like a problem they just there's something they got to figure out 
Am I crazy? Have the doc- okay? Wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was for some reason on the M- MLB.com has been doing some wild stuff lately, uh, including disagreeing with the umpires' chat uh, calls on on game day and all sorts of other stuff. But yeah, as it stands right now, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks things aren't great. You know, obviously things are not great, but. The other teams that are in the wild card hunt, along with the Diamondbacks, have also been very bad. And uh, that's good because that's the one thing right now keeping the Diamondbacks in in the hunt. And when I say yeah. very bad, I mean like the Miami Marlins have lost eight games in a row. Is that right? The Marlins it have. It could been, be uh, worse. The I mean, Marlins <laughs> just won, but but yeah, I believe they had lost eight games in a row. Yeah, yeah. like it's, it's kind of crazy uh, how bad some of these teams have been. Uh, and how the Diamondbacks have been able to stay right there in the wild card hunt. I mean, they've moved, dropped back in the division, but as much as everybody wants to panic, and I understand wanting to panic, things are still good for the Diamondbacks. And I really do feel like they can, uh, they have, they can definitely, you know, uh, bounce back from from this terrible period of time they're going through right now. They're definitely in in a buy spot in my in my book. I mean, yes, the Diamondbacks aren't playing good baseball right now. But they are still 54 and 47 and tied with two other teams. Both the Marlins and the Giants are 54 and 47 along with them at this point. The Reds have the best record of any team in the wild card race. They just lost today. They're 55 and 47. Mm-hmm. So the D-backs are half a game out from having the best record of any of the wild card teams. Right. So even though, yeah, I mean, it's what you said, even though they're not playing good baseball at all. The fact that those other teams aren't playing good baseball either means the Diamondbacks are still very much in the thick of this race, and they're still in a pretty good spot in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, if you're looking for you know some positives after a game like this, I don't have much for you in terms of how the Diamondbacks are playing. It's frankly been really bad. They've, I mean, they've lost 13 out of their last 17 games. Luckily, we they're all two and, suck. They're we two all and eight suck. in the second half. <laughs> but yeah, all of the teams are just terrible. Except the the Reds are sort of the you know the latest team to get hot. Uh, but they were. I mean, they just lost six in a row as of a few days ago. So you guys were can, mocking. Can I, you guys were mocking me. You guys were mocking me before I said about the Cardinals. But they are seven and three in their last ten, and they are the hottest team. In the National League, that is not currently leading their division. I Can just I just say that, that I just want to put this on record that the Philadelphia Phillies being a half game out of a wild card spot absolutely fucking terrifies me. Yeah, well, yeah, they, the Phillies, they you should. could make a case have more staying power than like the Marlins. I would maybe make that argument. Terrifies me. I'm just saying they They're right there. What was success defined as for this team at the beginning of the year? Playoff spot. It was was buying, it a playoff spot or was it trade deadline fighting for a playoff spot? Yeah. yeah, Mike Hazen said. Yeah, fair, yeah. fair. And they're still doing it. And even though they continue to lose just about fighting. every day. <clears throat> the the they, offense is fighting. The pitching is not fighting. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's, we got some good things coming, though, including Merrill Kelly returning to this lineup, Zach Gallon pitching at home, and other things. So, I mean, I'm not completely discouraged. I just think we, we said this about the Dodgers, right? We tried to warn people about the Dodgers. The Dodgers had lost some exceptional players, and that was the reason why they were they, they'd gone through their – little rut but the Dodgers are back and of course it doesn't matter Jason Hayward has double digit home run doesn't matter if you go on that team you're going to be good so like that's the way it works out with the Dodgers but I think the Diamondbacks do deserve at least the 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 uh, excuse here of their pitching being an absolute mess it really wasn't that solid in the first place but once Merrill Kelly left the starting rotation 
things unraveled. And that's because Merrill is the mainstay and they didn't have those two guys that they could rely on pitching every five days that could kind of get things back on track for them. And that now we're seeing what happened. I mean, there's, there's a lot of problems, but going back to the Brandon Fott start from the Reds, if Brandon Fott can, can be more of this, if the Diamondbacks can at yeah. least get that from Fott and get Merrill Kelly back to the lineup, I'm fairly encouraged. Now I, I'm not ready to say that they're with that starting pitching rotation, they're going to do much in the playoffs or be much of a contender if, if they don't do something at the trade deadline. But I'm saying that this this team will have some stability again. I think at the you know in the starting rotation once we get Kelly back and and if Fott can continue to be anywhere close to this. Yeah, I mean everything is kind of connected in a way, right? You lose a starting, you're one of your best starting pitchers, presumably or, or theoretically, I guess. You have less your starters go less deep into games. You have to rely on your bullpen more. Your bullpen gets used more. They become less effective. Like, and yep. I mean, it does. It's all you kind of have to hope that that is kind of the the situation, right? And once you get Mert back, and I mean, I don't know that Davies back making the team makes the team better, but at least it provides some kind of stability. Like you could know what you know what you can expect. I guess if you Dave, want to look at it that way, like Damon just discovered that Hayward has an eight eight, eight, eight oh two OPS. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't that's so better that. than All Star. Yeah, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Shut up. Yeah, anyway, he's really, he's really uh, that was unnecessary. But like I said, Merrill Kelly is coming back. Let's take a look at the probables for this series or the rest of the series because uh, I'm sure it will be announced after tonight's game. We didn't get a chance to see it officially, but Merrill Kelly should be back in the rotation tomorrow uh, with Zach Gallon following him. And man, that that right there, boys, that is a sight for sore eyes. It really is. Oh man, I I just I just worked out the numbers. The Diamondbacks are six and fifteen since Merrill Kelly went on the injured list, and you really can. I think someone mentioned it in the chat. You can kind of pinpoint that is when things really started blowing up for the Diamondbacks. Obviously, he's just one pitcher. A lot of other things have gone wrong. It's not all because of Merrill Kelly, but for a while the D-backs have been rolling with Zach Gallen, who hasn't really been at his best lately. And just a bunch of other guys that you just didn't really know what you were going to get, right? Uh, Davies has obviously really struggled in that span. Tommy Henry wasn't so great his last time out. Ryan Nelson has been sort of all or nothing lately, it's felt like. So, yeah, getting Merrill Kelly back is absolutely huge for the Diamondbacks. And, I mean, having Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen for the rest of this series has to feel pretty good. Like, you still, you have the better pitcher going in each of these next two games. You still have a very real chance of winning this series. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just I'm just laughing at the chat, man. <laughs> like it's 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 sad hours in the chat. And it it's is understandably sad hours. So. But like we said, man, they're still in a playoff spot. Everyone's playing bad baseball. Like it's obviously not fun, and I'm I'm sad as shit about how he's, this has been going. Yeah, but he's like, the saddest of all of us. But like, sure. relax, man. I'm not sitting here being like the season's over. Like Jose's in the chat saying the D-backs suck, and we all it's just I mean, chill, my guy. Like, yeah. relax. It's gonna be okay. I they, understand though. Two this days, one, two this. days from now, they're gonna have won two games and have won the series, and no one's gonna give a shit anymore. And because like this is what I, everyone was doing this after the Toronto series, and then they took two of three against the Braves, and everyone's like the D-backs are back and now they're getting their ass beat again and they're gonna win two games and then everyone's gonna go the D-backs are back like this is how this shit's gone for the last month basically yeah. and I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna get all worked up out one way or the other like the season's over or this is a World Series team either way until they actually change the roster yeah like it's 
Just relax, man. Well, I, I agree with Zona Tucson 93. It says these next two games are critical. And I mean, again, they're still they really just regular are. season games, but it really does feel like they they can't they can't let this losing streak go on and they can't they can't get swept with Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon uh on Did, the mound in back to back days. Like that would be, I think, realistically speaking, that would be the the end of days. That would be the, the, the end of, of all confidence level for this team should they lose two series in a row, uh, getting swept in both of them and, and all that. I don't foresee that happening. I think that this team is entirely too good for that. But right now they definitely have a, a, an identity crisis about if they can win games. What is giggling? No, okay, well, first Jacob, off, shut up. Jack first off. Elise suggesting that I don't know nothing about no sports trauma. Do you know where I am from? A place that I won was born a in trauma. Yeah, <laughs> you just, you, you, uh, I was gonna say you're fans of teams that have won a bajillion things though, other than the Bills and the Buffalo Sabers. Neither of which have won a national championship. You're a Red Sox I, fan I, though, so yeah. I was a Red Sox fan. I Secondly, like, I like what I think what Saki said. It's a uh, like we baseball fans. Games baseball fans yeah, are so fair. Whether it is 162 games, exactly, season, and we're, right? we're losing our minds off of eight, uh, off of uh, five games. Sure, like, it, like I will, I will say though, like how the Diamondbacks perform over the next week is very critical to oh, how yeah. the rest of their season goes because it will probably have at least some role in dictating what they do at the trade deadline. I think we're all in agreement. This team needs some reinforcements in order to feel good about things moving forward. They might not feel the need to go get those reinforcements if they don't start to play competitive baseball yeah. over like if <laughs> if if they go like two and five or yeah. something in the next week, yeah. you really might not it's, be talking about a team that's buying at the also trade deadline. And, and, and it's also the buying. It, it, the buying like I don't we don't think that this team is going to they don't have much to sell, right? So I don't that's we true. don't first see them like selling a, a bunch or or you know, all of a sudden making like just Calling their season a wrap. If they did sell, it would be like Lourdes Gurriel, and you know, uh, if any if any teams want any rental relievers over my from dead the body. Diamondbacks, over my dead body. But yeah, that would that would be a hard. That would be a tough tough moment for you, a tough yeah. moment for the podcast in general. Could I run the vibes? What, up, what I will say, what I will say though, real fast, is just that Mike Hazen was put in a difficult position when we talked about this season being unexpectedly good, maybe having to make some decisions that he wasn't really. You know, not 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 expecting to make, but really wanting to make because this team was maybe at a level that you know you would almost be uh, negligent to not make a big trade or try to make a big move to make a team that's already this good into that much of a contender. But uh, it also had a lot to do with the schedule and a lot to do with things we were talking about early on in the season. I mean, there's there's just a lot of factors that impacted the Diamondbacks being where they're at and. Uh, the one thing that has been consistent is that when they've faced some of their bigger tests throughout the season, they haven't really done a great job of of playing in those in those series, right? So, like, I, I don't know this team's identity, but like Jesse said, it is important for Mike Hazen to try to figure it out and figure out the direction they're going so that they don't mortgage their future on 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 a trade that could potentially, I mean. God forbid, but they make a big trade or they make a big splash and then they don't even make the playoffs. Right. That's like the absolute nightmare, you know, a uh, uh, scenario for, for the front office. For sure. All right. What were you saying? Bring the vibes up. Um, Dalton Varshow just had a two RBI double on the top of the 11th to give the Blue Jays a 5-3 lead over the Dodgers. Oh, uh, I'm conflicted. I don't know if that really brings the vibes. Uh, no. Dodgers lose and you're still only four games out of the division. The Dodgers Dalton Varshow. 
Yeah, but eh. who can? It's Gabriel Moreno's injured us. right yeah, now. Dolan Varsho and, and Lourdes Gurriel is a league average hitter at best. Jesse said it earlier. Are you guys not paying attention? This is sad. Dolan Varsho's sad. batting two thirteen. Okay, that's who gives a shit? He's right, hitting a two RBI right. double in extras against the fucking Dodgers. Okay. I'm gonna celebrate it. You got me back. Thank you. You got me back. Thank you. That's all I needed. But fuck the Dodgers, um, man. I also need to make a pit stop on the way home at Circle K, and I mean that because I'm very low on gas, <laughs> uh, and I also want to see this guy in a gas pump. So make sure to stop by your local Circle K, as I will on my way home. Maybe we'll meet up there. Who knows? Well, we'll get a coffee together. Uh, they have the best coffee. Beer and snack selection and premium gas. Of course, you can stock up at Circle K, which is America's third stop. Uh, they have all sorts of wonderful deals available right now, including buy two, get one free monster energy drinks, which I need absolutely. Uh, they have beatbox hard uh, tea, which I tried for the first time, and I really like that. Uh, you can get those buy two, get one free. And they also have, you can buy uh, Powerade at four for $5, and you'll be entered into a drawing to potentially win a 2023 Ford Big Ben Bronco SUV. So make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And when you're there... Grab some Four Peaks beer. Four Peaks beer, of course, is the official craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They have their rattle, rattle on red ale, uh, which they, they really need to get that rattle on part back uh, to their game. But, of course, you can check out that beer and their wide variety of wonderful beers they have to offer. Uh, check out their Four Peaks draft room at Chase Field. If you're there, we will be at Chase Field tomorrow. Again, we normally are doing our meetups there, so make sure for future takeover events you join us at the Four Peaks draft room. It's located on the suite level, and you can watch the entire game from there if you don't like your seats it's a great place to watch the game and of course uh great food to be had and great beer even better beer uh so follow them at four peaks brewer or go to their calendar at fourpeaks.com slash events to stay up to date on everything four peaks uh again check out at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest arizona's hometown brewery must be 21 or older to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly well boys the trade deadline is just eight days away we have August 1st at some ridiculous time in the middle of the day that the trade deadline ends. And, of course, as much as me and this guy thought we were crazy, we were maniacs, we were just going off the rails without Jesse here talking about the Diamondbacks trading for Shohei Otani, it appears that where there was smoke, there might be a little bit of fire. That The Diamondbacks, according to this tweet from John Rossi, uh, are one of two teams, uh, Orioles, Diamondbacks among teams. Like he says Orioles, Diamondbacks among teams. Among what teams? All the teams. <laughs> yeah, every right. team in baseball <laughs> that wants Joey Otani on their team. Uh, but yes, the Orioles and D-backs among teams inquiring with the Angels about Shohei Otani's trade availability. Both clubs' interest has been described as a due diligence. Both teams have the young talent base conducted uh yeah, I'm sorry, conducive to make a trade. Uh, what do you guys think about this? I mean, I mean, I think it'd be really interesting to see him in an Orioles jersey. That's your reaction <laughs> to that tweet? <laughs> no, I mean, like, <laughs> get out. Like, I know. Just get out. I mean, I, Look, it would, that would, I know this game broke in, you, but okay, get the fuck no, out. Just real quick. You are a Red theory, Sox fan. Could you imagine Shohei Otani in Baltimore, Baltimore Maryland? Like, no. that in and of itself is just a hilarious idea. But, uh, <laughs> by the way, 6'3 six, three, six, three, uh, Blue Jays. They just walked in a run. Let's um, go. But, uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's cool. It, it's I guess it's nice to see that they're at least kicking the tires, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Like, uh, no, 
And, and of course they did. I like, don't think it should. Jesse, does it does it mean anything to you, especially when he's like they're doing their due diligence? Like, I mean, I, I he feel better like, be. I feel like, like everybody better be doing his due diligence, in, right? Yeah, I mean, if the Diamondbacks wanted to trade for Shohei Otani, and I guess if the Angels, of course, were willing to part with him. The Diamondbacks could do it. They absolutely yeah, have the prospects. Have the pieces, there's, right? there's, I mean, if if the Angels want more than Drew Jones plus Jordan Lawler, plus like the Diamondbacks then have no the pieces <laughs> to make this happen. Absolutely, if the Angels were willing to part with him, and um, if the Diamondbacks were willing to part with those pieces, that if, would yeah, take that might be the the bigger question there. But yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised that the D-backs would at least do their due diligence in the same way I wasn't surprised with the the Lucas Giolito report the other day. D-backs, I believe, John Morosi was the one behind that as well that the D-backs had checked in on Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. This is the time of year where pretty much any team that's buying is doing their due diligence on basically every player that is possibly being sold. So you're kind of just doing your job at this point. But it is admittedly fun, you know, when when those reports come to light. A little bit less fun when Gambo shoots them down within three minutes. Uh, I believe he said that the Diamondbacks are not uh, are not trading for Shohei Otani, and he pretty much just left it at that. Um, but wait, wait, we got trade reaped. Can we steal the thing from the Suns? You can forget about it. There it is. <laughs> Look, you guys stole Mailbag Monday from us. Don't think we didn't notice <laughs> that. So we'll steal all of your shit. Trade reaped. Done. No Otani the Phoenix. Sorry, but we do have some actual uh, good trades to talk about we have uh some potential trade deadline targets for the arizona diamondbacks which we have been talking about uh for now like the last two weeks plus because really especially based on games like tonight the diamondbacks need help and again we once we we once again want to pick clean the carcass of the chicago white Sox, jesse because that's really (laughs) that seems to be the big focus i know a lot of people have a lot of things to say about our last uh trade target and dylan c so we'll We'll, we'll pick at another one in the White Sox organization. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox are a team that they have a lot of interesting pieces to sell, despite not being a very good team. Uh, the the piece we're going to talk about today, a little bit less interesting than some yeah. of the other ones we've talked about. It's <laughs> right-handed pitcher Lance Lynn. If you look at his stats for the season... You're gonna you're gonna no. cry. You're not gonna be happy with like what it. you see. I don't like a it. Six point one ERA, one four four whip. One hundred and fifteen innings. He is averaging right around six innings per start. Ten point nine Ks per nine. Three point four walks per nine. A FIP of five point two eight. Yeah, you're kind of like, aren't we trying to be better? Like we're yeah. trying, like we're trying yeah, to get better, right? right? We're not trying yeah. to, uh, you know, Add find another starting Davis. pitcher that that is unpredictable and unreliable. But there are some signs here with Lance Lynn that you have to like. I believe he has the eighth highest strikeout rate in all of baseball. Um, that's really ticked up for him, even though his velo has gone down. And the reason his ERA is so high is pretty much, very much directly attributable to him allowing home runs. He's mm-hmm. allowed a stupid number of home runs this season. That hasn't been a problem at this stadium, has it? Generally speaking, home runs are a little bit unpredictable, but the the rate of home runs per fly ball that he's allowing right now is like off the charts ridiculous. And I think a lot of teams are comfortable predicting that to come down to earth over time, in which case his other peripherals suggest he'd be a pretty decent starting pitcher. So he is a name that I think I think teams will look at and a, a name the Diamondbacks could look at as well. In, in regards to other trade targets that we've discussed he would be much more affordable, obviously. One would hope. And uh, <laughs> and with the Chicago White Sox kind of having a fire sale and potentially getting rid of a lot of their uh, 
pitchers. Lance Lynn might be one that that comes a bit cheaper. Uh, let's take a look at the pros and cons of targeting Lance Lynn. Of course, prospect costs being a big part there. Uh, yeah, and 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 him being a veteran, honestly, like that's something that the Diamondbacks kind of need. It's it's worked out in other ways, but when you look at their starting rotation, I mean, Merrill Kelly's the vet here, and I mean he's not pitched very long in Major League Baseball, all things considered. Right. Uh, yeah, and on the on the con side, the homers are like we mentioned a big thing. He's allowed twenty eight. The man's allowed twenty eight home runs in one hundred and fifteen <laughs> innings. That's that's not great. Um, another con is contract is a little interesting. He has a he has a team option for next year. I believe it's for sixteen million. Presumably, no team is going to pick that up. He does have a no trade clause to ten different teams. I do not believe the Diamondbacks are among them. Should make things a lot simpler for them. Um, but yeah, the biggest con is he has a six point one eighty RA. Yeah. No, no matter how no matter Hate how it. much you want to believe in the peripherals and the home run per fly ball rate coming down to earth. It's pretty hard, I think, for a fan base to stomach buying at the trade deadline yeah. and bringing in a pitcher with an ERA that starts with a six. Anyone who's hesitant yeah. there, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from. Uh, Tony said, do not speak of Lancelot on the show ever again. We will I'm not, Tony. You. I promise. Or I hope we don't. Uh, Joey, Joey Lent says, Keichel 2.0. Oh, come on. He's not that old. Uh, he like actually strikes people out. Yeah, like Dallas yeah, Keuchel he, he hasn't has, done that for years. <laughs> so I, I don't think they're very comfortable. Uh, yes, we are trying to sell you on Lance Lynn, uh, like a used car salesman trying to sell you a 2001 Civic. Look, these Civics, <laughs> they do great. Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, Fli- Jesse will tell you all about this Civic. He'll sell you a RAV4 uh, with. Oh, I'm not selling my RAV4. No, not your RAV4. Just a RAV4. A RAV4. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. he'll sell you a RAV4. He'll do all sorts of stuff. Um, but of course, uh, like you said, I think the biggest thing there is how does he improve this team? Is he yeah. is he an improvement? And I, I is, is he gonna be worth it. what they give up for him potentially, even if it is not even, you know, a household name or something, but you know, a prospect that we still don't know, you know, what they're gonna be at a major league level. Yeah, I think that's the appeal of of trading for Lance Lynn. Like if the D backs want a fit, like they're not really sold. On 2023, they don't necessarily think that they're going all the way. They at least want to like kind of dip their feet in the water and try to get a little bit better. And they probably like their in-house projections, I imagine, would say that Lance Lynn is going to be a better pitcher the rest of the way than who the D-backs would have occupying that spot otherwise. And getting him would be way cheaper than getting a lot of other pitchers on the market, right? Uh, you know, you could get Lance Lynn and have the White Sox pay the majority of his salary and not give up any big time prospects theoretically. So at least you would hope. We don't know exactly how the market is gonna is gonna develop. But you know, you wouldn't be shocked if like Lance Lynn gets traded and he has an ERA of, you know, four point one or four point two the rest of the way. And whatever team trades for him, if that happened, would probably be really happy that they did. Perhaps the Arizona Diamondbacks got to see a tryout tonight. Uh, from another young pitcher that they could potentially target at the trade deadline, depending on what the St. Louis Cardinals do. Uh, Jordan Hicks might be a name that the Diamondbacks look into, and after watching him throw 100 miles an hour effortlessly for an inning, I kind of am on board with it. Yep. However, he wasn't great tonight, so I'm not I'm no. not trying to base everything on tonight, but let's take a look at uh, Jordan Hicks' stats this season because he's been pretty good as a relief pitcher for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. The, the numbers aren't... Uh quite as shiny as maybe you'd hope for a 3.76 era 
uh, that's pretty decent. A 1.50 whip, that's less decent. Uh, 40.2 innings this year. He does have, I believe, eight saves, 12.8 Ks per nine. The swing and miss ability is big, 5.1 walks per nine. His command is a little shaky at times. Uh, And talking about peripherals, again, his FIP is 2.99. So there are reasons to believe that Jordan Hicks really could be a solid back end arm. Uh, Sean, I don't, I don't know how you felt necessarily about what you saw today, though. It wasn't, it wasn't the most pristine ninth inning. Not the most pristine, no. But I, I mean, I just like the idea of having a kind of just that power out of the back of the bullpen. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, like he, you said, I think the, some of the peripherals there suggest that he could be a pretty solid pitcher. And like, I mean, let's be real about the Cardinals. Like, nothing has gone well for them this year, and very little at least. So, like, I mean. Arenado's been pretty good, but like uh, by and large, a lot is a lot has not gone well for this team. So um, you have to hope that you you maybe put him with you know uh, maybe a better pitching coach, maybe just a better staff in general. At this point, um, he, he's able to to have a, a better an even better second half of the season if he were to be traded here. Um, but yeah, he's, he's de- it's certainly an intriguing arm to me, um, especially with the current state of this bullpen. I do know. I think Dave Baptista in the chat said it. He said 103 mile per hour isn't all. We already have a guy. In fact, two guys that can throw that hard and didn't work. That's but, fair. Yeah. Well, one thing we talk about, though, a lot is command, right? And to be able to throw 100 plus miles per hour and be able to command it is much different than just being able to simply throw it. And I think that's what we've seen out of the young guys within the Diamondbacks organization is a lack of command when it comes to that power. Uh, Jordan Jordan Hicks looks a bit more like he can control it, and yeah, maybe you get him with a Brent Strom or or whatever. Maybe you can you can see him harness that. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know if just simply comparing him to other power arms is right because he's yeah. been able to do it at a major league level and been fairly successful. Uh, and let's take a look at some of those pros and cons because that's the the stuff we're zeroing zeroing in on. He's a closer. And that is something at this point that I think all of us are ready to see is a, a, the Diamondbacks have an actual closer. And like I said, maybe a Scott McGuff as a setup man in the eighth inning, depending sure. if you want to go that route. Uh, that 101 mile per hour average, pretty nice. Uh, and he gets a lot of ground balls. Yeah, he has a career 60% ground ball rate, which is always pretty cool. Like if you have a reliever throws 101 and gets a lot of swing and miss mm-hmm. and also keeps the ball on the ground, that's a, that's a winning combination. And it's why you can have a 1-5 whip and have an ERA under four. It's because a lot of those are, you know, singles. A lot of that contact is on the ground. Uh, on the con side, he has been a little inconsistent. You would think that with his quality of stuff, he would be a pretty elite back end arm. Just has never really been that guy. I believe he had a pretty good year last year, but on the whole in his career, he's basically been a league average pitcher. He really hasn't been that great. This year, he's been better than that for sure. Command has been a bit of an issue, as as we said before. And he's also just a rental. He's just uh, through the end of, of this season, which maybe brings the price down a little bit. But we'll have to see how, how the market develops. You're probably still paying a little bit more than you would like to. I will say that while Jordan Hicks' command is not great, I still wouldn't put him in the same category as like a Justin yeah, Martinez or a Carlos say. Vargas. Like those guys I, are just not really major league caliber pitchers at this point, at least from what we've seen. Jordan Hicks is a proven major league caliber yeah. pitcher who does walk a few more guys than you like, but he's still his command is good enough to be effective in a way that just hasn't been for those guys. So what is it going to take to get a Jordan Hicks? Is it going to take much considering he's a rental? 
Well, we don't know, but we uh, we took a guess, and here is the here is the guess that I came up with today. Uh, it's the Diamondbacks getting Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals and trading away right-handed pitcher Slade Shikoni and right-handed pitcher Michael Otanez, who's a 26-year-old, I believe, down in Double A. The biggest get here would be Slade Shikoni, a name that that we've talked about on the show a decent amount. He's in Triple A right now, is putting up decent numbers there. Projects is probably a, a back-end starter, maybe a reliever when it's all said and done. Um, that might feel like an overpay in itself. I mean, you know, like controllable six years of a potential number four, number five starter. Maybe you don't love giving that up for half a year of, of a back end reliever. But if, if you think you're going to get this guy for, you know, just Michael Otanez or, you know, (laughs) just like a couple prospects that you haven't heard of, that's probably not going to happen. Jordan Hicks is a good enough reliever. Well, well established enough in this game. The Cardinals aren't just going to give him away for nothing. And and I mean, the reality is that one trade is not going to fix this team, right? Like you're going to, you true. need more than just one bullpen arm yeah. or, or whatever. So like, yeah. uh, you know, if, if this is a trade in the midst of a bunch of other trades that makes this team significantly better, like it's a lot easier to live with. Whereas if, the, if their one move at the deadline is getting rid of Chaconi for Hicks, who, then it's like, okay, what are we doing? That's, there? Yeah, that's not yeah. enough to move right. the needle. So, I mean, it makes you it, it makes you feel a little bit more confident because hopefully, if they do make that move, Tory makes that pivot himself to go to a closer role, yeah. and maybe we see things kind some of consistency. you know some consistency, just some you know just just the ability to to hold a game without giving up runs, you know. And so. let's be real, all, uh, the the chat has been all over Tory. If you have a consistent closer and a consistent setup guy. It, it, I mean, your decision's made. Like, you get to the eighth inning, you go to McGuff. You get to yeah. the ninth inning, you you go to yeah. to Hicks or whoever or, or Bednar or whatever closer they acquire if they acquire one. Like, it it's going to be a lot harder to criticize Tory on that point because he's kind of has his decision made for him. He said he said the name that you guys wanted to hear him <laughs> say. Well, uh, we will have more trade deadline targets here for you tomorrow. So make sure to join us. Uh, we will be here tomorrow with our one o'clock show that we normally have on Mondays. Uh, and we're gonna do we're gonna do some mailbag Tuesday stuff. So make sure to send us your questions. And your questions better not be how fast can we fire Tory or any of that <laughs> stuff. Let's get let's be productive <laughs> here, folks. We're, we're still in a good position. But uh, we want to thank, of course, our friends at Pins and Aces for making us look so spiffy out on the golf course. Of course, Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of PHNX and All City. Uh, make sure to check out our friends over at Big Drive Energy wherever you get your podcasts. If you're into golf. And that kind of thing. Uh, and of course, we love our pins and aces gear. Jesse was looking very fetching in his uh, Phoenix yes. polo the yeah, other day. True. So, uh, of course, uh, they are lightweight, they are stretchy, they are wonderful. So, they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and beer sleeves. So, make sure to check them out. Pinsandaces.com. Use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. You know, I'm particular about my patterned shirts. Mm. And pins and aces has won me over, especially uh, with the fact that I can get like a matching ball marker that matches my shirt. I look pretty smooth out there on the golf course, but uh, and that's only because of the clothes, not because of my game. You guys all know that. Um, Everyone knows that, Derek. Shut up. (laughs) Who did you beat in ping pong, Jesse? You talk such a big game. At least I'm a normal human being when it comes to my knowing my level of of participation. But I will beat you in a burrito eating contest. And you know that there's no question about that. Uh, We will take this straight to burrito express. And I know my homies over there will make sure. 
Uh, they make me look good when I beat Jesse in that. But uh, Burrito Express, it's my favorite thing to eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner, any time of the day. They have multiple value locations. And of course, they're all about our community. They're about uh, community service. They're all about sponsoring ASU students and feeding ASU students. So make sure to check out their Tempe location specifically and all of their locations around the Valley. But we got to thank them, of course, for making us, uh, filling us up on Monday morning with all sorts of wonderful uh, breakfast burritos and such. So Burrito Express is the place to get yourself uh, hooked up, especially, like I said, in Tempe. Grab a burrito and follow Burrito Express on Twitter, or is it X? What are we doing anymore? What do we call it? Yeah, follow us on On the the, the, the URL still says Twitter. We're we're calling the it everything app. It's twitter.com. It Twitter. If you type in x.com in your your in your URL, you know what happens? It takes you to GoDaddy. It's twitter.com. Yeah, so on Twitter. Does uh, it? Follow them at no, Burrito. It anymore. Yeah, no, they fixed it for sure. Yeah, it no, it, it redirects it. to Twitter. Yeah. Anyway. But it still redirects to twitter.com. You know what doesn't redirect you anywhere? Burrito Express. They'll just give you a burrito. That's sure. the way that it works. They'll, they'll, let, they'll let you sit down in the restaurant and eat it there, too. Um, I'm sad and I'm ready to go. I don't want to talk about this game anymore, the series with the Reds or anything. I'm ready to see all of you tomorrow. Of course, like I said, Mailbag Tuesday. Make sure to send us your questions. Make sure to join us for our takeover event tomorrow night. Uh, we got a burger bar, which kicks off at cold beers and cheeseburgers. We got that burger bar. All you can drink. All you can eat, all sorts of wonderfulness. So make sure to join us for that. And then we're going to be down uh, kind of in left field for the game. So bring your glove, I guess. I don't know. Uh, grown men <laughs> should probably bring their gloves. I'm not going to I'm not gonna shame you. Uh, but you can follow us on Twitter. In the meantime, I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This guy next to me is at Sean underscore DePaz. That maniac over there is at Jesse N. Friedman. The Fodge behind the Mac is at uh, Jacob Franklin. Underscore Franklin 4. Underscore Franklin 4. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I got I, I got it. Without There's a lot help. of Jacob Franklins in this world. There are. Too many, in fact. Unfortunate. You're, well, you're one of four, though, huh? <laughs> no, he's, just, <laughs> no, he's just the fourth. He's yeah, the fourth in I line. Just, oh. I just took the number four. He's going to okay. usurp Jacob Franklin, Jacob underscore Franklin one. one of yeah, these days. Whenever, yeah, whenever one of the Jacobs dies, he gets a new number. So <laughs> eventually he'll move up to three. <laughs> anyway. uh, well, we love you guys. Uh, of course, our Twitter account is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you so much for your time. Uh, even in a loss, we appreciate you showing up. Uh, baseball is fun, kids, <laughs> but it's really <laughs> not fun when you watch this bullpen give up 17 straight games with an earned run. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.